0: Happy Sabbath. Is it still Sabbath? Actually, I think for a few more minutes. Has it been a blessed one? I trust so. It's been wonderful to be here with you all and feel like kindred spirits, um, even though we speak a little bit differently. But I'm learning. I, I've figured out there's just a few little little twists. Of course, there's the I instead of a. Good, good I, good I might. No, that, uh, it's close. Okay, good I might. Um, and then, of course, you you totally leave off your R's at the end. Water, a. Caleb went to the Nature Center <laughs> today. And um, tonight we're talking about agriculture. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, and then there's another one I, I figured out this morning. We went for a walk with Shana Juke. It's not Duke, it's Juke. And it's Judy, Judy. Full of beauty is the path of duty. There's a little bit of a, a, a soft J in there, Judy. So give me a few more days and I'll have it figured out. So before we start talking about agriculture, we need to pray. So I'm going to kneel and invite you to kneel if you'd like. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the Sabbath that we have enjoyed, for the Sabbath blessing that you have given us, for the rest, for the reprieve from the cares of this world, for the chance for fellowship and for learning. And now as the Sabbath hours come to a close, we just ask for a special measure of your strength for the week ahead. And as we begin this meeting, Lord, I ask for a special measure of your strength. You know I don't want to share my thoughts and ideas. I want them to be your thoughts. And so I pray that you will guide my mind and my lips. I pray that you will be with each one who's here to listen, that your spirit will interpret my Feeble words and bring them home to the heart, I pray. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, on the program, there was one word left off in the title here Ad Agra. The seed has germinated, but what will be the fruit? How many know what Ad Agra stands for? I'm looking for hands. A few, okay, quite a few. Adventist Agricultural Association. And Rod asked me to share a little bit this evening about the history of this, and I I don't know of what interest it will be to you, but I hope that it will um, be a history showing God's leading in um, the formation of this organization. And it's hard to know where to start, but I would start by saying, you know, when we started farming uh, in 1998, in the fall of 1998, it really felt, I, I felt a lot like Elijah in First Kings 19, where I alone am left. I was trying desperately to find other Adventist farmers and having a very hard time doing that. I knew by faith they were out there somewhere, but couldn't find them and um i i i used to think how nice it would be if there were others that could get together and share what we're learning share the sorrows and the joys the challenges and the victories but there was nobody that i knew of then My brother, Edwin, and his family moved to the farm in 2006. And I can remember talking with Edwin as we were hoeing in the garden, cultivating, saying, wouldn't it be nice if there was some kind of networking, some kind of organization where we could encourage each other on this journey? Well, actually, in 2009, a man by the name of Bob Jorgensen. How many of you have, I know um, Alan Fisher mentioned Bob Jorgensen's name the other night. Have any of you heard him? Has he, well, I mean, I know he came to Australia. I don't know how much talking, speaking he did over here. Bob Jorgensen was an amazing man. Um, He could do anything. He grew up on a farm. He was uh, an expert musician. He could fix any piece of machinery. He could drive a team of horses, plow with horses. Um, I I, I don't think I ever saw anything he didn't know how to do. But more than that, more than just being a very practical man, he was a very spiritual man. And he was a real student of the bible and the spirit of prophecy and he had a special interest in true education and uh, agriculture in particular and i know that he while alan mentioned this he came to avondale and did a lot of research at avondale about mrs white's time at avondale he also went to madison and did a lot of research at Madison in the archives there, trying to study the original plan for Madison. And he also went to Emanuel Missionary College, or Andrews University now, and, and did research there. And his goal was to one day write a book. But unfortunately, I believe the devil took Bob Jorgensen out. He died very suddenly and unexpectedly, literally, while he was sowing a field at Heartland University or Heartland College. Tragic loss for Adventism. But anyway, in 2009, Bob Jorgensen started what were called um, Agriculture and True Education Conferences, and we didn't hear about the first one. I think the first one was in North Carolina, where he was from, but we did hear about the second one, and we went. It was in um, West Virginia at Bob Gregory's Berea Gardens. And had a wonderful time it was not a large group but it was like-minded people which was so refreshing to be with those who had the same convictions and same views so that was a wonderful experience the next year um, so that was 2010 that we went the next year we actually took a sabbatical and were not around so we missed the 2011 conference which was also in uh, West Virginia. Then we came back and in 2012 they had the conference in, in, um, at Uchi Pines in Alabama. I'm hearing a little feedback from this mic or an echo or something, are you hearing that? Okay, well, if you're not, that's fine. Let me back up a little bit and say that at the first conference we went to in in West Virginia, I started trying to, to throw the idea out there. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have some kind of agricultural association? And everybody was, you know, they thought that was a great idea but nobody was, the, was taking the initiative with it. So in 2010, or it may have been 2011, I really tried to make something happen. And I say I because I think I went ahead of the Lord. And I found a location, I invited all the people I knew that were really passionate and knowledgeable about agriculture. And it was all arranged. We had a date and a place, and it was all going to happen. And within the last few weeks of it actually happening, it literally just fell apart. You know, one person called and said, you know, something's come up. I'm not going to be able to come. And somebody else wasn't able to come. And finally, we just had to cancel it. And at that point, I said, Lord, clearly, the timing is not right. I'm letting go of this dream, and you make it happen. It's your time. So back to Yuchi Pines. Um, the word was slowly getting out there. I think it was at the first uchi Pines meeting that I met um, Darren Greenfield. Word had gotten all the way to California about this, and he had come. And I had also heard, before I ever met him, I heard through the grapevine that Darren Greenfield was also interested in starting some kind of association. And then I heard about somebody else somewhere else. And Whitmar, I don't uh, think you, were you at that first one at uchi Pines? Okay, Whitmar, I had talked to on the phone years earlier. I'd heard about him but had never actually met him. And it was amazing how the Lord, uh, I don't remember the details, but Whitmar, I think, just heard about it just a few days beforehand, right? Yeah, I was actually supposed to go to New Zealand. Oh, okay. So it was clear that the Lord was bringing people together. And it was at that uh, 2011 conference that... Wait a minute. No, it's 2012 that um, there was a, a man by the name of Daniel LaFleur who came wanting to learn about agriculture. And his life was literally turned upside down because what he heard was about so much more than agriculture. It was about a whole different way of life, a way of living. And he said to Bob Jorgensen, you know, I am happy to help you organize the next conference. And he did that and he started, he contacted all the Adventist schools and universities inviting them to come. And he also said we need to have an organization, an agricultural organization. And so at the 2013 conference, on Sunday morning, um, all those who were interested were invited to get together and um, discuss forming an agricultural association. And let me just say that, you know, Bob Gregory I mean, Bob Jorgensen's um, agriculture True Education conferences were wonderful. Everybody appreciated them and loved them. But we were getting feedback from people that, you know, they were wanting to hear more about agriculture. They were wanting to hear about, you know, they were wanting to get some practical hands-on tips. So we realized that true education is so broad. You know, agriculture is a vital part of true education, but true education is much bigger and broader than agriculture and so we realized that there really was a place for an organization focused more specifically on agriculture including true education as much as we possibly can but specifically focused on agriculture so that happened sunday morning at uh... in uchi pines a group came together and people were nominated to form a uh, organizing committee and in january of 2014 that committee met on our farm darren you were there right yeah darren flew all the way back from from california to be there and it was at that time that we actually began to to formulate a structure and, and there was a lot of prayer, I will say that, because none of us wanted to get ahead of the Lord. We knew it was only going to succeed as the Lord was in it. And so, without taking too much more time, I just want to share with you what At Agra is all about. This is the mission statement that we came up with, to, to encourage Oh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting that I've got to press two things here. To encourage and support all seeking to understand and follow God's plan for agriculture through networking, mentoring, and information sharing. We realized that was a a bold mission because... In agriculture, you have this whole spectrum of everybody from seasoned farmers down to gardening wannabes who've never put a seed in the soil. But we wanted to encourage and support all. And notice the seeking to understand and follow God's plan for agriculture. We wanted to make it clear that We're not claiming we understand it fully. In fact, we don't understand it fully. But we're seeking to understand and follow, not agriculture, but God's plan for agriculture. Through networking, mentoring, and information sharing, we came up with a little slogan, Returning to Our Roots. And obviously that has agricultural implications, but also we felt like, you know, Adventism's roots were very agrarian, right? William Miller was a farmer. James and Ellen White were pretty much farmers. And then we came up with five objectives. And I wanna just go through these um, to promote a. Oh, sorry. To promote a biologically driven, scientifically sound system of agriculture in harmony with principles found in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. So they had to to um, pass those criteria. Scientifically sound, true science should fit with the Bible. Biologically driven, that one, you know, may be a little bit um, vague, but we wanted to focus on biology rather than um, chemicals in contrast to chemical agriculture. Um, But all of it had to be in harmony with the principles found in the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy. Secondly, to stimulate prayerful study and discussion on the role of agriculture in preparing God's end-time people. Do you think agriculture has a role in God's end-time people, with God's end-time people? Now, I want to point out something that I think is wonderful, but I don't know if you've noticed it. Have you noticed that I haven't heard and I, I have missed a few things here this weekend, but I haven't heard anybody talking about preparing for the time when we can't buy or sell. Have you heard that here? Okay, been talking about it between meetings, but I want you to notice that that hasn't been an emphasis, and I think there's a reason for that, at least on my part there's a reason for it, because that can be a very fear-driven response. We want to learn agriculture because we're afraid we're not gonna be prepared for the last days. Is it a very valid reason? I mean, we are coming to a time when we're not going to be able to buy or sell, and I don't know what people are thinking they're going to do. Um, But that's not the primary reason why we want people to do agriculture. There's a deeper reason, and we'll talk about that more. Okay, number three, to educate families and individuals about the country living message and embolden them as they transition to an agrarian lifestyle. I don't know how it is here, but there's a lot of people in the States that become convicted on country living, but they know nothing about living in the country. They're scared of the silence of the country. They're scared of spiders and snakes, and of course in the States we have, yeah, ticks, but bears, (laughs) or cougars. Um, So there's a lot of education that needs to go on preparing and educating families to move to the country. Unfortunately, we've seen too many people move to the country and after a few months, move back to the city. And that's tragic because I question whether they're gonna move a second time. Number four, to train and equip a new generation of Adventist farmers to fill the need in schools, institutions, and communities. This is a huge void. In fact, I'm I'm probably a little bit biased here, but I think this is one of the greatest needs in Adventism today, is educated farmers. Mrs. White did some lamenting about the need for educated farmers in her time, but I'll tell you what, they knew a whole lot more than we do. So we want to do whatever we can to train and equip Adventist farmers to fill the needs in schools, institutions, and communities. And number five, to work with the Seventh-day Adventist Church, its supporting ministries and individual families to elevate and inspire agricultural evangelism and education, You know, we'd like to make that term agricultural evangelism um, as well used and well known as health evangelism. Because agricultural evangelism is health evangelism. It's at the root of health evangelism. Um, But again, just to emphasize, we are wanting to work with the Seventh-day Adventist Church, not against it not um, beside it, although obviously we're not directly connected, but I will just as a side note say that we had to jump through a number of hoops to call ourselves the Adventist Agricultural Association. And we did do that, and so we have the sanction of the Adventist Church to use that name. Okay, so that's kind of what Ad Agra is all about. And I will tell you that Ad Agra at this point is run by a board of very busy farmers. And so Ad Agra has not moved ahead like we wish it had because of the busyness of our lives. But at the same time, I think in another way, It's a good thing because we realize that whatever progress is being made is because God is in it and not because we're making it happen. So we have kind of focused on three main avenues of getting the word out there about Ad Agra. Number one is an annual conference number two is our website and the third is a magazine Um, so we'll talk about each of those a little bit we decided to have our first conference that very first fall in 2014 we had it in November at uh, Camp Garner Creek oh I'm sorry forgive somebody remind me if I Sorry, I'm way behind here. Okay, so we had the first one, and believe me, we we can empathize with what uh, Rod and Desley have done here, because Pam and I were Rod and Desley at that first conference, and the Lord gave strength, but it was... Uh, Something I'm not sure we could ever do again. We had over 350 people in attendance. And that was with very minimal advertising. You know, um, we, we sent it out to Bob Jorgensen's mailing list, we sent it out to Paul's Dysinger's Born to Grow mailing list. I'm trying to think if we did anything else. It was really just word of mouth. And we actually had to close registration because our facility would only hold 350 people. So the Lord blessed amazingly. The spirit that was there among the people, it was just beautiful. Everyone knew that God was in it because of the the way it flowed, you know, in spite of being under staffed, and in spite of not covering all our bases like we should have, the Lord be- blessed tremendously, and everybody was so anxious to have this keep going. So in November 2015, we, we decided we, we can't just stay in the southeast, we've got to move this around the country some, so we moved to Glen Rose, Texas. And that was a little bit of a, of a faith leap for a number of reasons, but um, mainly because all Bob Jorgensen's conferences and our only agriculture conference had been in the Southeast. And this was going to a kind of a whole different area of the country. So we weren't sure and we had to put up the money, commit to the money for the, the conference center beforehand and it was, uh, it was a big step of faith, but God rewarded and blessed, and we had over 450 people in attendance at the second conference. And again, the feedback, and, and these people, of course, the majority came from the general vicinity around, um, around Central Texas. This is not too far from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But we had people flying from the West Coast, people driving down from New England, all over the country. It was amazing. And then we actually didn't have a conference in 2016 because we decided uh, that for farmers, a January conference was better than a November conference. Too many farmers are still... Um, harvesting and, and dealing with crops in November, um, I I don't know what, um, what you all will decide here, but I just, I don't know how Rod is running a farm and doing this right now. It's just beyond me. So we had a conference in January 2017 in Florida, and the Lord blessed again. We had almost 700 in attendance the word was just getting out and the enthusiasm was building and it's just incredible and we say praise God because it's not because it's not because of us and now we are finishing final preparations for the January 2018 conference we're going back to Riverbend. I don't know Um, what the numbers are but last I knew they were well over 450 who had already um, registered for the conference we're committed to go to the West Coast the following year although we're, we're struggling to find a place to hold us because we're also committed to a rural location we thought it would be hypocrisy to have an agriculture conference in a downtown convention center. The website is nothing that I'm really too proud of, but it's there. You can go on Adventistag.org and see what's there. There's a lot of need for information to be put on there, but nobody's had the time to do it. That's the bottom line. The magazine is, um, again, not where we'd like it to be. Daniel LaFlair actually back in, uh, well, it's been two over two years ago, produced the first magazine, which never <clears throat> actually was in a hard copy but um, some of you I know saw it on the web and then just recently um, we came out with our second magazine and all of you should have gotten this in your packets. Hope you'll get a chance to read it, it even has a little bit of Australian contribution there. Um, We are committed to trying to be more regular with this and we're excited because we've already had some people here who have volunteered to write articles. I would encourage you that's that's the challenge with um, I actually have taken on the Roots magazine as my special area of interest and um, that's always the biggest challenge I think for editors is finding good material so any of you who have a burden and a message to share, I would encourage you to send it to roots at Adventistag.org and we'll see what we can do to try to get it in a future magazine. So that's, that is the history of Ad Agra in a nutshell, or actually probably a bit bigger than a nutshell. Probably more than you wanted to hear. But I hope you can see that God has truly germinated the seed. But we're left with the question, what about the fruit? A seed germinated um, is not much use until it grows big enough to bear fruit or leaves. Last year at the Ad Agra conference, um, on Sabbath evening, when the conference ended, I gave a challenge to those who had assembled um, a, a talk called, I Have a Dream, and actually it's reproduced in here so you can read it or hear it on audio verse, just trying to give people a vision for what God had planned for Ad Agra or what God had planned for his church. But in that, I'm not gonna repeat it because you can read it or hear it for yourself. At the end, I said, it's really not my dream at all. I just got all the ideas from Mrs. White's Councils on Agriculture. And it's, it's really not Mrs. White's counsels on Agriculture because we believe she was inspired by God So, it's God's counsels on agriculture. God has a dream for agriculture. God has a dream for Adventist missionaries to bring hope to the helpless through agriculture. And did you hear about that this morning? That dream is being fulfilled in places like Uganda. In Tanzania. God has a dream for Adventist churches. To have community gardens. And that dream is being fulfilled. In Brisbane. In other places. I heard somebody else talking. Uh, after after Sabbath school. Saying we want to start one. I don't know where it was. But some other place. God. God is fulfilling the dream. Adventist churches are catching the vision. Praise God. God has a dream for Adventist schools where teachers and students spend time together in the garden every day. And that's happening. Did you hear it? In Kempsey. In Heritage Academy. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in just a minute. God has a dream for the Adventist church to be a light to the world through agriculture. So we're going to come back to this last thought here, but I want to just tell you a little bit about Heritage Academy because this has a special place in my heart. Heritage Academy, I think you could say, is a granddaughter of Madison. You know, Madison had many daughter institutions if you've read the history Little Creek Academy was one of those daughter institutions and Edwin and I both graduated from Little Creek Academy had a special place in our hearts and lives Um, but because the city of Knoxville Tennessee grew up around Little Creek Academy they eventually knew that they couldn't stay there any longer and they sold and with the money that they sold out for, they were able to buy a large piece of property. Um, it's probably an hour and a half from Knoxville. And they started Heritage Academy. Last year at AdAgra, well actually it's still this year, January 2017, we had four staff from Heritage Academy come to the Agra conference. And at that conference, through God's spirit, they were convicted and they got together and they said, we've got to do something. You know, I, I think you all know it's a very sad reality that there are very, very few of our schools that have any kind of agriculture program. And they said, something's got to change. And so I heard that they wanted to do something. And I contacted them and I said, you know, it's, Heritage Academy is about two and a half hours from where we live. I said, if you're committed to this, I will commit myself to you to come here at least once a month and help you get an agriculture program going. And so that's what we've done. Um, We got the soil tested and sent it off to Whitmar, and Whitmar gave us recommendations, and we amended the soil, and we dug it up. The amazing thing is they had four large hoop houses, and three of them were not being utilized at all. One had a little bit of stuff growing in it, Okay, let's see. I hope I have... Okay, here we go. This was the end of September this year. The beds were prepared through a lot of hard work. I, I don't... Do I have time? When does this meeting ends at 8.30? Is that right? So maybe I do have time. I'll just tell you a little bit about what they're doing because... Nobody's suggesting they are doing all that they should be. But the exciting thing is they're starting. They're starting somewhere. You know, we first, um, the four of these people, they actually, they came down to our farm and spent a weekend. And we worked together there and talked about plans. And then we formulated a plan and a budget and took it to the faculty at Heritage, said, this is what we want to do the faculty were all on board said this is wonderful we'd love to see this done and um, the goal was to have one student because heritage does have a work program which is good the students work approximately three and a half hours a day but one student from each class and I realize that you all maybe do a little different here but we have Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, high school, four years of high school. Um, one student from each class, this would be their work assignment. And th- they did a great job with this. At, at registration, they had a sign-up sheet for those who wanted to be considered for master gardener. These were the master gardeners. And so, you know, people thought, ooh, that sounds cool. And so they signed up and they had to be interviewed, and they made it really official and important. And so they chose uh, for a couple of classes only one person signed up, for, but for a couple others they had to really pray over who they should take. But this person is the master gardener, they're there three and a half hours a day, every day. And then the classes, the four classes, come for one hour a week and work in the garden now obviously that's not what we'd like it to be but hey that's a good start so we're excited about that so the 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 students had dug up all these beds you can see those of you who are in my market gardening class these beds are actually marked and ready to transplant so this was on September 28th of this year Uh, I get confused about what button to push. This is also on September twenty-eight. This is in, in the second greenhouse. They're they're transplanting spinach. So this was the first transplants in the ground on September twenty eight. Now you wanna see what it looked like on October twenty nine? One month later, praise God. That's the one greenhouse full of Chinese cabbage, scallions, Swiss chard, collards, bok choy, kale. Here's the second hoop house full of all kinds of beautiful lettuce. Oh no. I forgot to put the other picture. <laughs> You'll have to imagine it in your mind. I had a picture of a big bowl of freshly cut salad in the cafeteria ready for the students to consume. You should see, I, and I'm, this is not an exaggeration. Some students have bowls this big of salad they're just consuming this salad by leaps and bounds it's it's really amazing so god is fulfilling his dream at heritage academy and i know there's other schools who are endeavoring to uh, to implement agriculture so now i want to If you'll remember, I said that um, uh, God has a dream for the Adventist church to be a light to the world through agriculture. So I want us to look at this quote here. I shared this with some of you already, but to me, this is just amazing. In the laws which God gave for the cultivation of the soil... And if you read the context of this quote, it's very clear to me that the laws she's talking about are the Sabbath rest every seventh year, the rest for the land. He was giving the people opportunity to overcome their selfishness and become heavenly minded. Canaan would be to them as Eden if they obeyed the word of the Lord. Is that a promise? Canaan would be to them as Eden. Do you think Australia could be come as Eden? Maybe you think it's already Eden. <laughs> but who was it with the soil they were picking at? Yeah, not quite Eden, is it? Canaan would be to them as Eden if they obeyed the word of the Lord. Through them, the Lord designed to teach all the nations of the world how to cultivate the soil so that it would yield healthy fruit free from disease. This is God's dream for His people. That through us, we can teach the nations of the world How to cultivate the soil so that it will yield healthy fruit free from disease. The earth is the Lord's vineyard and is to be treated according to his plan. We better make sure we know what that is. Those who cultivated the soil were to realize that they were doing God's service. They were as truly in their lot and place as were the men appointed to minister in the priesthood and in work connected with the tabernacle. Young men, if somebody tells you, well, why don't you do something profitable like be a preacher, if you wanna be a farmer, show them this quote and help them to understand that the farmer is as truly doing God's work as the men appointed to minister in the priesthood. Let's just look at that Canaan would be to them as Eden. What was Eden like? Well, it was the ideal environment for living. God created man and put him in a garden to live. This was the original country living message, right? Live in the garden. If you you read, you know, they, they trained plants as of course they didn't have rain so they didn't need uh, a metal roof or anything but they just trained the plants as their canopy and they slept in the garden it was also the ideal environment for well it was also the ideal work for mental physical and spiritual growth what did God give what work did God give them to do? To tend and keep the garden. And most importantly, it was the ideal place to walk and talk with God. You know, when God came to them in the cool of the evening, I don't believe that was, and of course, this was after the fall. I don't believe that was the first time he'd done that. I believe he probably did that every day. In fact, there's quotes that kind of um, make that pretty clear. God came down and talked with them and walked with them in the garden Do you think he wants to do that with us? I'd like to suggest tonight that God's dream for agriculture is really not about gardens or farms, about plants or animals. God's real dream is to walk and talk with us as he did with Adam and Eve. He longs for a closer relationship with us. That's what it's all about. It's walking and talking with God. He just knows that the garden is the most conducive place to do that. Do you think if there was a more conducive place than the garden, that he would have put Adam and Eve there? Yeah, this was the best he knew to provide. This was the best environment to work, to live, to grow in your relationship with God. And this is why he wants us to be involved with agriculture. I mean, we're going to have eternity to learn how to grow plants, right? So we don't have to learn it all here. But what do we need to learn? Now we need to be learning how to walk and talk with God. You know, um, I think it was two years ago at the Ad Agra conference, I did a devotional called Farmer Enoch. And you can look that up on Audioverse if you'd like. But I tried to prove in that devotional that Enoch was a farmer. And I think I did that, at least nobody argued with me about it. Um, And I believe that's how he walked with God because Mrs. White says that he spent much time alone with God. Now, if you have another job other than agriculture it's very hard to spend much time alone with God but one of the most amazing things about agriculture is that you can be working and earning an income for your family as you're alone communing with God it's incredible So, in closing tonight, I would like to suggest that the real fruit of Ad Agra will be those who have learned to walk with God in the garden. In other words, a people prepared to meet their Lord. That is when we will know that At Agra has succeeded in its goals. How many of you here tonight would like to learn to walk with God in the garden? Would you be willing to stand? Let's just pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for each person who's here. Lord, you know their hearts. You know their innermost desires. We know that the devil has done a masterful job of of uh, distracting us with the cares of this world. We know that it's so easy to get focused on things other than our relationship with you. But we know that you're yearning for us. You're calling us. You're drawing us with your arms of love. There's nothing you want more than to walk and talk with us personally each day. And Lord, I think it's clear from your word, from inspired writings, that there's no better place to learn that than in the garden with you. So I just pray for each person who's here. I just pray that your spirit will come close, that your spirit will convict of those things that are getting in the way of you walking and talking with them, and that there would be nothing so precious in our eyes that we wouldn't be willing to give it up for you. I just pray that you would cleanse our hearts from all selfishness, from all unrighteousness, and that you would fill us with your sweet spirit and that we would enjoy sweet communion with you each day. Lord, I just pray for each person who's here as they leave this conference tomorrow that the things they've learned here, the inspiration they've gained, will not die. At the gate but that it will be shared that it will be applied and that you will raise up an organization here in Australia that will champion the cause of agriculture and more than that champion the cause of learning to walk with you. This is our prayer. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www. Dot audioverse.org.